We're Rachel and Erica, and this is the Autoimmune and You podcast. Neither of us took one answer as our truth when we were diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, and we want you to do the same. There is so much information out there, so many people telling you what or what not to do, and we know how confusing it can feel. This podcast is about breaking past your limits and fears and realizing that different things work for each of us. You are the creator of your own journey, and guess what? You can do whatever the fuck you want. Hey, welcome back to Autoimmune and You. Today, we want to talk about our journey as a whole, but also for the most part, the things that you don't really get to see as just being like a listener or a follower on a social media, because we try our very best to portray like the things that we've gone through this far, but it's kind of impossible to a certain extent for you to like truly see all of the things that we've done and all of the growth that we've gone through and all of the traumas that we've experienced to get to the point where we are today, where we can be okay with being so open and honest and vulnerable and having these conversations with you on our podcast every other week on our social media every single day. And what prompted this is this morning, I um, opened up Snapchat, which I really don't use often, but I went to my memories. And one of the things that came up was from six years ago, um, almost to the day. It was like as of four days ago. And um, it was a picture of this hike called Escondido Falls in uh, Malibu, California. And back when I uh, first moved to California in August of 2016, I was doing a different hike every single Sunday. Like it was like, total routine every single weekend I would do a different hike and that week was no different I went out I did this hike I even like climbed a little further like up these rocks to get to a higher point which was like pretty sketch but really pretty I like saw some videos on my snapchat memories of that but when I very first saw that first photo on my snapchat memories I got like a full body like trauma response of like oh that that doesn't feel like a good memory And the reason is because right after that hike, my knees, um, I experienced one of the worst, actually the worst flare up of my life. And that was what prompted the whole autoimmune journey from that point forward, because, um, I've always had joint issues with my wrists and with my knees, basically like since I was nine years old and, um, I've like sprained them and they would get swollen sometimes. And, you know, doctors would say it's this, it's that and send me on my way. And I would have this physical therapy, but then this big flare up happened. And then it's kind of like everything from that point in the next like year started making sense of like why I've always been so insensitive to some foods and why I've always had these joint issues and why I've always felt some like chronic fatigue and everything just started to kind of click, but it took a long time to get to a place where I am today. And I'm still figuring shit out. And, um, so I don't know. I just like, it was a really interesting moment for me. This just, you know, in the morning, just getting that response being like, Whoa, it's a beautiful photo. And I just got this crazy trauma response. And so that's part of what we'll talk about is, you know, traumas and like embracing the process and all of that. But, um, I don't know. I just think it's a really important topic because it's easy for anyone to look at someone else's journey that's farther along than you are, or you feel like they're farther along than you are and say, well, why can't I just get there? Like, I know where I want to be. Why can't I just get myself there? And the answer is because you haven't gone through what you personally are like need to go through to get there. Yeah, exactly. And it's crazy how you said in 2016, because that's, 
I got diagnosed March, 2016, Mm -hmm. but prior to that, before I actually got my first swollen finger, I had brain fog. I had digestive issues. I had thinning hair. I always felt like I had just like general inflammation in my body, Mm -hmm. but it was probably because I was actually drinking a lot of alcohol at that time, Mm -hmm. not hydrating, you know, not eating well at all, high stress levels. Um, But I used to get like stiff necks all the time, like years and years before I got RA. Like, I'm not talking just like a little stiff neck. Like it would be a stiff neck where I'd kind of have to be in bed like all day. And if I like even sneezed or move, it would like be so excruciating. Mm. Um, And I think that's, you know, telling of, you know, a lot of people before they get diagnosed is like this leading up to point because it's not always like, um, you know, just the swollen joint and then you get the brain fog and all that stuff. A lot of the time, most people are living with the chronic fatigue, the brain fog, the digestive issues, right? All these signs that your body's letting you know. Yeah, they're all warning signs. Yeah, and I ignore, I mean, think about it. So I was 28 when I got diagnosed. And at that point, like I was not in tune with my body at all. But I knew like the stuff that I was living with was probably not normal, but Mm -hmm. I just was like, well, what am I going to do about it? (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. it it didn't seem within my control. It just seemed like, oh, this is just part of my life and who I am because I dealt with that for so freaking long. Um, But I do remember a hike and I think I mentioned this uh, on the first episode of the year, but I was talking about the Claremont five mile loop Mm -hmm. um, that I kind of this year at the beginning of it was thinking like, man, I've come a far away from that. But I too had that experience where I was on this hike. I didn't have swollen joints at that point, but I was so dizzy and so out of breath and just like, didn't feel like I was really alive. Mm-hmm. Like I was barely hanging on. Yeah. And then of course, like shortly after that, um, I did get my first swollen finger, but it's interesting how long these other symptoms, you know, not related to specifically RA, like not classical signs of RA start to happen like long before your diagnosis. And then you get this like swollen joint, wherever that is. And you're like, okay. Like, like, I mean, like you said, you had inflammation probably in your Mm -hmm. knees for a while until you were like, honestly, my entire body, if I like look back at photos and stuff, I'm like, Oh man, like you can just tell in my face and like my stomach, my arms. Like I have a friend, um, a long time ago, uh, back when I kind of started sharing about my um, journey and she was like, yeah, you know, I cut out gluten and dairy. She doesn't have any autoimmune stuff that she knows of. Mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah, I cut out dairy and gluten and I haven't had it for two weeks. And she's like, I didn't realize how much inflammation I had around my body. Like she's yeah. eating just as much. She's just not eating these things that she's kind of suspected were bothering her stomach. Yep. And yep. all of a sudden she's like, dude, my arms, my legs, like everything just feels less puffy just from that. And she doesn't even have autoimmune stuff. And it's like so many of us live in that state until a huge thing happens and makes you course correct. And like for me growing up in the Midwest and I know like Erica, you like really grew up on a standard, standard American diet. Right. And like, it's so ingrained in you and you just assume I was actually talking about this with someone yesterday about the fact that like, 
I grew up thinking that if I had a stomach ache after eating or if I had digestive issues or if I had gas after eating, that was normal. And like everyone yep. dealt with that. And I totally mm-hmm. thought that was normal. No one ever thought anything of it. I'm going to be honest, like a hundred percent honest with you and say, when I was a child, I had the stinkiest farts ever. And I was so embarrassed. And I would always like basically crop dust people. <laughs> and I would just be, I didn't know why it was happening. And so I would just be like, so embarrassed and be like, well, uh, I don't like, I was, this is when I was really young, but like, I didn't, I didn't know. Like, I didn't know that mm-hmm. milk was drinking a glass of milk a day was the thing doing that to me. <laughs> like, oh my God. I thought yeah, it was normal. Was Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And I was constipated 24 seven as a kid because all I lived off of was bread and butter. Like literally that was mm-hmm. my diet. That is all I wanted to eat. And I just know like all of, you know, the constipation for so long. And it just like then turned into just irregular digestion mm-hmm. with like random like diarrhea. Like I'd yeah, be driving, same. I'd be driving to school, you know, college and be like, holy shit, like if I don't get to a bathroom, I'm going to poop my Holy right shit, now. literally. <laughs> that was like not even something I second guessed as abnormal. Like I just was like, okay, yep. like I randomly have to go diarrhea. Okay. I haven't, <laughs> uh, 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 okay. I haven't pooped in an entire like week. Like what? Mm-hmm. I know. No I know. wonder. It makes no, literally. Anyways, no wonder. Yeah, it makes literally no sense that that is normal, especially in America, but also other places. And um, then people start to wake up and thank God for some people, it happens before an autoimmune um, disease has the opportunity to arise. Like they are just kind of inflamed or having these issues. And no, autoimmune diseases don't only arise from that, but they can is the point here, right? Um, And so for me, like there are autoimmune diseases on like my dad's dad's side that I actually just recently found out about a couple of years ago. Um, but other than that, to my knowledge, there was no autoimmune diseases in my family. And I was like, okay, well, you know, there's a million other causes and, you know, there's still research going on about like what actually causes it and stuff. But the fact of the matter is that these gut issues come with autoimmune because your immune system is in your gut, which we've talked about a million times. Um, well, it's and, a you know, feedback loop, right? If you exactly. have leaky gut, if you have leaky gut, it causes autoimmune disease, but autoimmune disease causes yep. leaky gut. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like the chicken so or the egg, right? And yep. the fact of the matter is it doesn't fucking matter. You just got to yep. work on the healing side of it. And it's kind of like if you were to sit there every single time you get flared up and think, oh my God, what was it that caused it? You're going to drive yourself insane. Kind of the same thing with the other, like, do I treat the gut or do I treat the autoimmune? Treat it all because guess what? That's what's going to make you feel better. Um, and so, yeah, it's just like very interesting to think like, that's where I started. And I've had the, I had these issues, like basically literally my entire life. And now to think like where I am today and, you know, people look at the way that I eat and they're like, oh my God, like, I wish I could be so disciplined. And I'm part of me is like, I have to, I don't Mm -hmm. have a choice. Like that's why I'm so disciplined is that I I have to. And yeah, there are times like we've talked about, um, in probably almost every single episode where like, you know, I have bites of things or I have things here and there, but then every single time I come back to what I know, because it makes me feel really good when I'm doing what I know, kind of like Mm -hmm. when I was traveling in New Zealand and Australia, like I was mostly staying on, you know, the things that I eat, but I was having different things here and there. And I just didn't feel my very best by the end of that trip. And, um, I don't know. There's just something to be said for like acknowledging the growth along the way and being like, okay, well, you know, let's say I ate, I don't know, something crazy. I don't know, like a whole 
piece of pie or normal pie. I don't know. I don't like what comes to mind pastries. Um, let's just say I ate like something out of the norm and, um, like not just a couple bites, just ate it. And I felt like complete shit the next day. And maybe I'm flared up for a week. Maybe I'm flared up for longer, but I still in those moments don't feel that guilt or shame or any of that. Kind of like we talked about in the uh, last episode about like, you can't be in that mindset if you're going to do something like that, because you have to just know, like it might flare me up and you know what? I enjoyed it. And I would have done it anyway. But for me, it's like you, if I were to do something like that, I can't sit in that. I have to also recognize, Hey, this, how I'm feeling right now used to be my norm. That's how I used to feel all the time. And I am so glad I don't usually feel like that. And I'm just going to sit and embrace that side of things. The fact that this is temporary and I will get through this and this is not my norm. Uh, I do want to say something. So you said you didn't have any knowledge of like any person in your family with an autoimmune disease. Mm -hmm. So from my experience, like my grandma had, I've probably talked about this a few times, but my grandma had like really severe rheumatoid arthritis. So I grew up with a grandma that had, you know, joint replacement, joint deformity, Mm -hmm. like was in a very, very bad situation. So when I got my first swollen finger, there was that deeper knowing that it was more than just all these, you know, general fatigue, digestive Mm. issues and stuff like that. Because I not only do, you know, I have a heavy family history of RA, like my grandma, I think like three of her sisters have RA. Um, There's also like thyroid disease. So Mm. Hashimoto's, my mom has Hashimoto's, my dad has vitiligo. So I am like, look at here's a testament of Mm -hmm. genetics and lifestyle right here, right? Because instead of, you know, when I got diagnosed with RA, instead of saying, okay, that's going to be my life, like my grandma, I'm going to end up, you know, with joint deformity and surgeries and a life of like these extreme harsh medications, I was like, no, I need to do the opposite of what my grandma did. Like my Mm -hmm. grandma was a waitress. She didn't really eat well. She hardly ate. She took NSAIDs like on an empty stomach quite frequently. I remember she'd be like, can you grab like the Advil out of my purse or whatever that was at that time. And um, she overworked her body on top of having RA. She also had osteoarthritis. Mm. So my grandma ran herself ragged to the boat. Okay. Mm. And so when I got diagnosed, I was like, okay, if I can get my stress levels down, if I can learn to eat healthy and to take care of myself, it's got to have a positive effect on my body. So because I had that family history of RA and these other autoimmune diseases and breast cancer and all these other things, that was my like motivation and actually part of my curiosity of embarking on this whole health journey. Because I was like, okay, if I did all these things and I got myself to feel this unwell, what if I did the complete freaking opposite of that? And what could that do for my life and and for my healing and for my health? Um, So as much as it pains me to know that my grandma went through that and suffered and had rheumatoid arthritis and even uh, the issues that my mom deals with, I, I have so much like gratitude and appreciation for seeing that extreme, extreme sides of autoimmune diseases and not taking it lightly 
So as terrible as it was to like witness all that, you know, because I had that foundation of understanding the severity of what somebody can go through when they have RA, I was like, I can't take this lightly. Mm -hmm. You know, my grandma was on medications and it still didn't help her joint deformity. It still didn't help uh, prevent her from getting surgeries. So that was when I was like, okay, this is a big fucking deal. Yeah. And maybe there's a lot in my power, even though I had zero connection, like true connection to my body. I mean, we all have like a deeper knowing and wisdom that does guide us. Like when I did get my first swollen finger, like I said, like I knew it was something deeper. Um, It just, sometimes it just takes that bigger, like life, like wake up call to be like, change shit. Stop living like this. You can do something about it. This episode is sponsored by 5CBD. We are so excited to be partnering with 5CBD. I've been using these products for months now, and I've been loving their full-spectrum CBD THC products, especially the sleep gummies. Those are my all-time favorite. Studies actually show that using CBD products with small amounts of THC in them has potential to decrease pain and inflammation throughout your body and also reduce feelings of anxiety and depression, which is something that everyone with an autoimmune disease can definitely benefit from. You don't want to miss out on this offer because you'll get a free full-size tincture or gummies all you have to do is click the link in our show notes so for me I feel like that little portion of my story was a little bit different so you were saying how you were like okay if I've done all of this stuff to basically like fuck up parts of my immune system in my body like how can I do the complete opposite and just like fix it all essentially And for me, I always thought I was healthy is the crazy part. Mm. Like, yeah, I would eat like fast food here and there, but I did cook at home a lot. I did really genuinely enjoy cooking. I liked making quote unquote healthy things. I was drinking protein shakes every day. I was, you know, working out pretty regularly, like a couple times a week. And, um, I just like, I thought I was healthy is the crazy part. Right. And so then, um, actually like a little bit before that, before I was diagnosed, maybe like four years before I was diagnosed, I already had been like working on cutting dairy out. So I still had cheese here and there. I still had like ice cream here and there, but I cut out milk completely. I used like almond milk for everything. And then like, that's basically when I got my first apartment. And then from there, I started weaning down more and more because I knew eventually I just intuitively was like, yeah, this is bothering my stomach. Like I need to stop. And then before I was diagnosed, I was starting to be like, "Mm, I feel like gluten might be like a trigger, but I also was like one of those people that is probably like maybe a lot of people listening even that is like, oh my God, gluten-free things are disgusting. Like I will never, like they're cardboard, da, da, da. I'm telling you right now, gluten-free things have come so freaking far, especially just in the last like 10 years where there's some really good options where some things are actually better gluten-free than not, in my opinion. Um, and like, there's also a lot, a lot, a lot of things that are inherently gluten-free, like not just like processed food that's gluten-free. It's like people have this weird conception that like things like, I don't know, rice and potatoes and oats have gluten and they don't. So Mm -hmm. in my mind, I was very stuck in that. I was like, Oh, like everything has gluten. I'm not going to be able to get away from it. I love it too much. I love bread, blah, blah, blah. It took time. Like it literally took me years to get to a point where I was okay with not eating things with gluten in them. I was okay with not eating things with dairy in them. And again, this is the way that I personally eat, the way that works for me, the way that I still try to dabble here and there and it doesn't like my body, right? Mm -hmm. And so 
I still, to this day, will experiment. I still will find that curiosity and, you know, set aside the fear and be like, I wonder if this food still flares me up. Honestly, unfortunately, a lot of times they do still flare me up, but it took years to even be okay with like not trying things and like the willpower. Um, I know that there's plenty of people that have been diagnosed for years and years that have still been trying to, um, figure out what diet works best for them. And I think like along with the warning signs that our body tries to give us a lot of times before we're diagnosed with something, um, it's very similar with just food triggers in general, right? Your body's trying to say, if you get a headache after you eat something or drink something every time, or if you get fatigued right after you eat, like these are all triggers and warning signs of your body being like, something's not right. We need to like, look at this. And if we keep feeding our body, we're feeding the fire and we're making it bigger and bigger to the point where it's going to start to burn shit down. Right. And it's going to start to make you listen. I forget Mm -hmm. like the exact quote, but there's like some quote out there. That's basically like pay attention to your body before it makes you pay attention or something like that. Absolutely. Yeah. And that was the, and that was the case for me, you know, not only was I, eating beyond terrible. And I, and I knew, but I didn't know, you know, because here's the thing when everyone else around you, you know, when I was working my nine to five job, which seems a long time ago, (laughs) um, you know, for like lunch with my coworkers, we'd be like, Ooh, what are we getting in and out Mm -hmm. Chick-fil-A? And it was like, our lives were literally centered around the most shitty food. And because everybody else around me was doing it, I just was like, this is normal. I didn't mm-hmm. have an, I personally, my life, I mean, I didn't grow up wealthy or anything. So we didn't have access to like organic. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if organic versus non-organic was even a thing when we were a kid that didn't really exist. I don't know. It did. It definitely okay. did. Yeah. Okay. I, I, <laughs> it wasn't I really prominent know. like it is now, but like my stepmom definitely tried to like my stepmom, my dad, like we grew up literally poor. Um, but she would still, when they did have money, she would try to buy organic and, you know, like mm. vegetarian stuff and stuff like that. So yeah. I know for a fact, but yeah, it wasn't like prominent like it is now. Oh no. Like I was just talking to my husband the other day, we were talking about like kind of the staple meals that would we had when we were younger. And that was like hot pockets and pizza bites and like all this, I mean, highly, highly processed, highly inflammatory stuff forever, you know? So that's like, that was my exposure to food. So really, yes, I had these signs and symptoms when I ate food, like I would get really lethargic and really uh, fatigued after I ate and like had major brain fog, but I was just like, okay, I guess this is, you know, what happens. Okay. But think about the crazy contrast, right? Last episode, we talked about like what we eat now and like, you know, it is so freaking different from what we used to eat like 10 years ago, even six years ago. Right. Like literally my daily routine would be like pop tart in the morning, maybe like a toaster Mm -hmm. strudel. And then like lunch, my parents, I always thought they like bought all the healthy food. Right. And like, they weren't completely unhealthy, but like to my mind compared to like my friend's household where they had like every snack you could imagine and all the junk food. And I always like wanted that my parents, like we, if I think back now, I'm like, Oh dude, we definitely had junk food. But back in the day, it was not like, I was like, that's not it. We always had like, you know, like golden grams and different like cereals like that. We had like, um, uh, bagel bites in the fridge and pizza rolls and all that stuff. But to me, that wasn't junk food. Isn't that like, 
Just the contrast of that is just insane. And I didn't eat those things like super regularly, but I did eat things like you and I have talked a lot about like bagels and cream cheese and pizza and stuff like that, where again, growing up, I thought that was pretty healthy. And then later on, once I got my own apartment at 18, I started actually eating healthier and healthier as I went along. So that by the time I moved to California in August, 2016, I was eating what I thought was pretty freaking healthy. And then about how many months is that? Like five and a half months after I moved to California is when I got diagnosed. So honestly, to this day, I'm still glad that I lived in California when I got diagnosed because that opened my mind so much more to like all of the holistic possibilities and also just a healthier lifestyle in general. What I want to get to is that Yes, my diet was terrible, but also my stress levels were like beyond through the roof Mm -hmm. for as long as I can remember, as I've mentioned multiple times, like because, you know, I'm a first generation like college student and like, you know, I wanted to do everything the opposite of my mom, like being a single parent. I was like, I want to make the money. I want to have the house. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to have to worry about eating. I don't want to have to worry if I have to, you know, my kid says, Hey, can I get involved in this sport? You know, and be like, Oh, well, we don't have the money for that. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of like my main drive. and, And it caused me to be overproductive. It caused me to be a perfectionist. It caused me to be very critical of myself. So I put a lot, a lot, a lot of pressure on myself to be successful. That is all I cared about, like was being successful at everything I did. And so really at the peak of before I got my first one fingers, like I was absolute mess. I was, my nervous system was so dysregulated that I was frequently crying. And then it went into depression and it was just this constant dysregulation between this like fight or flight. And then like this shutdown, there was no, there was no like in between that. And so when I look back at that diagnosis part, that was like my, my nervous system, my immune system, like every aspect of me was screaming Mm -hmm. to slow down but it took that diagnosis for me to confront that and to acknowledge that and to take responsibility for the way that I was living my life so I did kind I had this profound awakening it wasn't for me my diagnosis wasn't oh my god how did this happen to me why did this happen to me I have a very, you know, different perspective of it for myself. I was like, holy shit, like I knew. And I think this is really interesting because you believed you were healthy. You didn't Mm -hmm. think anything was wrong. Whereas like I knew like everything that I was doing was like so unhealthy. But it like it doesn't really matter. We just know that like, okay, what how can I adjust things? How yep. can I change things? Because although you thought you were eating healthy, you're like, well, there's still room for improvement. It's not you like, well, yeah. I've done everything. So yeah, I was still like, even though I thought I was healthy, I I did suspect that something was going on with my body and that it had been going on for a long time. Especially again, like I had joint issues a lot of my life and stuff like that, where I didn't think it would be anything of, you know, an autoimmune disease or I didn't even know like what that was. Right. I didn't realize when I was diagnosed with RA that it was like a lifetime chronic thing. Right. And, um, yeah, it's just funny to think the, the differences of like, I definitely was a little bit in that growth mindset of like, 
okay, like, like you said, there's room for improvement, right? I know that like maybe my tummy can feel a little better on most days by like cutting out certain foods. And I know that if I eat red meat, I get super lethargic and, um, brain fog. Like I was realizing these things. So I'm actually like, I think another big point of this episode is giving yourself credit. Right. And so like, I have to give myself credit back then that was way before I had done any of this deeper intuitive work. Like, yeah, honestly, I did like, like I said, work out. I thought I was eating healthy. I would meditate sporadically, but I would, um, I would journal again sporadically, but I did, I've always journaled from a very young age. But not in the way that I do now, not intentional like I am now, not focusing on that deeper subconscious healing. But I have to give myself credit because even from before I was diagnosed, before this huge wake up call, I still did have that sense of like, there's something more, right? Yeah. I mean, when I was uh, the way that I was eating before I was diagnosed, I definitely knew. Okay. It's, I was, I was in denial, right? Like I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't listening to it, but I knew like, okay, I have a lot of dairy in my diet. And at that time, because my digestive system was so messed up and I think I just had way more mucus in my body than it needed. Uh, dairy was not helping me at that specific point. I knew even with my husband, like when we first started dating, when I was 24, 25, uh, God, that sounds like a long time ago. Um, we would like get food and then I would get this really hard knot in my stomach and I'd be in so much freaking pain. And then on top of that, I used to have a lot of congestion, like every mm-hmm. time, like I would have to do spit things like at least like seven times a day. I'm not, I'd have to like spit out like a mucus thing. Whoa. Every it was it was terrible. That's like and a I, totally different version of you. I remember the other day you like posted um a picture of yourself from how many years ago was that? Maybe like oh, 10 years God. Or and I was like, oh my God, the glow up is insane. <laughs> oh my oh gosh. Yeah. It, I was definitely really puffy and just like not it does not look like you. No, it's it's not good. Um, but God bless her heart. She was trying yeah. her best to survive. Yeah. If you think about all of this, right? Like everyone's just trying to get through life. Mm-hmm. We didn't do this to ourselves, as much as I can look back and go, Erica, why didn't you start making changes then? That's all irrelevant. Like I was just trying to survive. Like I was working full time, two jobs, going to school, 14 credits plus, you know, a a semester, like getting straight A's still with all of this fatigue, all this brain fog. Like I got myself, you know, to the best place that I thought in my mind that I thought I could, right. But I didn't know what a true version of like healthiness is. And, and honestly, like, we're all still learning that I'm still learning this right now. Like I'm still fine tuning my diet. I'm still fine tuning my lifestyle. Like there's always room to improve, but like I used to look back on that, you know, past version of myself and like cringe and be like, why did you put yourself through all that unnecessary stress. And I just, I just say, okay, she was trying to survive, right? Like that, that's all she was doing. And now at this point in my life, like, I don't want to just survive. I want to thrive. And I've been talking that, you know, a lot about that on our Instagram, but like, we don't just have to survive. Like Mm -hmm. you may not have full, you know, autoimmune diagnosis right now. Look at a lot of my friends, they don't have, you know, autoimmune diseases, but they're kind of just surviving in some senses. And it's yep. hard to 
you know, it's hard to shake people before something bad has happened to them that, hey, like all of these signs, all of, you know, the overweight, the digestive issues, the bloating, the, you know, uh, whatever that is, is going to lead to some disease down the line, right? Like it, our bodies only have a certain threshold that it can tolerate, right? So when I got diagnosed, my body's threshold was like, okay, I've given you the digestive sy- mm-hmm. symptoms. I've, you know, your hair is thin, your skin is dry, your gums are bleeding, you can't even think straight, you're disoriented, you have uh, vertigo, you have all of these things. Okay, now let me show you physically on your body, swell up your joint, right? show you with the pain and the inflammation and the stiffness that this is too much. You've gone too far and now you need to really do something. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, you know, it really does take this autoimmune disease for most people to like wake up in their life. And like, as much as it sucks to like, you know, have my body respond to food or not sleeping well, or like even my monthly period, I always get a little bit more symptomatic before that. As much as that sucks, I am so freaking grateful that I didn't continue down the path at 28, the Mm -hmm. the state that I was in, and that I feel I am thriving in my life. I'm fucking happy. I have so much joy. I live with gratitude for like, not just the things in my life, but like my body, I have a connection to it. I know how to honor it. I can listen to it. And like, just, I mean, the list and list could go on. Right. But like, it took that, it took that major, you know, amount of inflammation and debilitating pain. And trust me, guys, I I've talked about it before and Rachel's talked about it, but like I would be crying in the shower because I couldn't Mm -hmm. even wash my own hair. I couldn't open up, you know, my own car door, not even the door to our house. Like my husband was literally pulling up my pants, sometimes had to like wipe me, you know, because I couldn't even do it myself. Like I have been to the lowest of the lows. So Mm -hmm. whatever chapter you're walking into into Rachel and I's life, just know that it wasn't always this easy. It wasn't always so clear cut. Mm -hmm. We weren't always immediately being, you know, proactive and reactive to the things. And shifting mindset right away or anything even. Exactly. It's been just a subtle, subtle process of us like discovering these parts of ourselves. And you have to have compassion and understanding for yourself at this moment, if you're really, really struggling that this all takes time. Yes, mm-hmm. there are things you're going to do that may have an immediate, you know, benefit and effect to your well-being. But some things like you have to stick it out for years and years and yep. years to see if it's going to give you the true benefit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely true. I like how you said we're all just trying to get by because it's so true. Um, we're all just trying to get by. We're all just trying to be happy. Right. And sometimes we make decisions that we think might make us happy or we think might bring us joy or we think might bring us relief in that moment. And a lot of times we're just thinking about that moment. We're just trying to get by in that moment. And we can't shame ourselves for doing what we felt like we needed to do at that point. Like, you know, there's countless examples on like, I don't know, TV shows and movies and stuff where like, 
it seems like someone's being a bad parent, for instance. And then you realize down the line later in the storyline that like they were just trying to get by and do what they needed to do for their kid. You know, like there's countless stories like that. And even like within ourselves. And another thing is to remember that you can't shame yourself for where you were and you can't shame yourself for where you are now. And you can't shame yourself for not starting sooner because you, mm-hmm. everything will happen in the way that it's supposed to as shitty as that seems. Sometimes if you are in right now, a place where you're just like, how dare she say that I hate where I am now. And I don't want to be here. And this is not fair. Absolutely. Sit in that, acknowledge that, embrace that, and then allow yourself to move forward because guess what? Maybe this is the catalyst for you to take a change, for you to do something like drastic, like hiring a health coach or making a big change in your life, in your personal life or career or whatever, right? These are all areas that affect each other. It's a constant continuum. And you're not going to make a change in one place unless you're actually ready or wise enough or have that like deeper intuitive push to do it. And that's okay. Like you have to give yourself that. And another thing is when we are talking about all of this, I know that we keep talking about like when we were diagnosed, but this applies to anything happening in your life or in your journey, Mm -hmm. right? This applies to if you have a doctor's appointment that you didn't get the news that you wanted. This applies to when you're dealing with relationship issues and you don't know where to go. This applies to, you know, when there's a death in the family, right? This applies to anything, losing a job. Like I could go on and on forever with the um, examples. Something happens and it is a catalyst for something else, you know, to change. And you can look at it as this is the downfall of everything and I'm going to be, you know, scarred forever. Or you can look at it as, okay, I'm going to sit in this. I'm going to embrace this. This fucking sucks right now, but I have full faith that it's going to get better and that I can do something about this and I can control what I can control and I can move forward. There's always room for improvement. I'm not going to shame myself for anything else that's happened until this point. I'm going to take this as my brand new starting point, no matter where you are in your life or in your journey. Absolutely. And I think what you're trying to say too, is that a lot of people view their diagnosis as a punishment and they continue to punish themselves with bad choices because they believe that that's where their life is destined to be mm-hmm. like I'm just you know okay like I deserve this suffering and pain mm-hmm. and like that was like me like up until my diagnosis like I contributed a lot to my own suffering and I couldn't acknowledge it at the time mm-hmm. but I really did I made lots of bad poor choices because I thought that I deserved to feel that way I mean mm-hmm. I battled with anxiety and depression so that you know that's a whole other level but I know a lot of my clients that I work with uh struggle with their value and worth and yep. fighting for their health because really if you don't if you don't have any value and worth to your life, it's not going to be worth fighting for, worth committing to, Mm -hmm. right? So you have to first get to a place where you believe you're worth fighting for. Yes. And so up until my diagnosis, I didn't believe I was a person of value or worth. Mm -hmm. So I didn't care what I put in my body. I didn't care how people treated me. I didn't care, you know, any of these things in my life. So when I got diagnosed, that really set a value to my body and to my health. And that's what that's really what's happening when people get diagnosed. Do you understand? There's a worth and value to this vessel that I'm existing in. It's not just a thing that gets 
me to point A to point B. It is everything, right? Mm -hmm. Like our health is really essentially what keeps us afloat. So once I had that and realized like, wait, I am worth fighting for. I am worth fighting for my health. Like then I was able to commit to that because I wanted to see the best possible version of myself that I could get to because I never experienced that in my life. And so that was like, that was my main motivation, but you have to find the value and worth of your body and not just see it as something that's trying to sabotage you and trying to like punish you. You have to see that these are signals and it's asking you to change something in your life. So if you can become aware of that and then change the things that you know, deep down, look at Rachel and I just said, she may have listened sooner about like the dairy and gluten, which I didn't, but deep down, we both knew that there was mm-hmm. things that were aggravating us that were causing us to be more symptomatic. Mm-hmm. Okay. But this, the, as soon as you start honoring that and listening to that and changing things, things get better. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Like I went five and a half years without medication. I didn't get joint damage. I have positive rheumatoid factor, positive anti-CP, family history, all of these things working against me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I committed a hundred percent to my health and my healing. And this is the reason why I am here today. It didn't happen overnight. I am not perfect. Things fluctuate. But there's a lot within our control. There's mm-hmm. a lot of this that is within our control. We just have to be like, yeah, I got to take responsibility. If you're not taking responsibility, guess what? Things are going to continue to get worse and worse. Yeah, exactly. I'm feeling really called to just say very slowly, and I hope that you stop and truly listen to this. You are worthy of healing. You are worthy of having good, positive, strong, loving relationships in your life. You are worthy of having a relatively stress-free life. You are worthy of actually being genuinely happy. You are Mm -hmm. worthy of the type of life where you can't possibly show how good it is on something like social media because it would feel like you're gloating. These are things that Erica and I both have, and these are things that have taken us years and years and years to get to. And these are things that we do not take for granted. And we work really fucking hard to keep, right? These are things that you are worthy of. Every single human on this planet, every single soul is worth a lot. Is wor- mm-hmm. There is no, you can't even place a worth on it, right? Yep. You can have these things. You are no different than us. We are no different than you, Right. All you have to do is set an intention behind it. All you have to do is work for what you want. And all you have to do is truly believe that you can and you will have whatever it is. It could be literally the craziest thing ever. And I promise you, you can get there if you believe hard enough. And if you work hard enough, these things go hand in hand. And just look at this right now, today, right? As you're listening to this, as your starting point. Whatever it might be, whatever's coming to mind as we say these things, whatever it is in your life or your autoimmune journey or your health or whatever, this is your starting point. Make a plan, write it down as you're listening to this. Allow this to be that big catalyst. This is the thing that I always um, talk to clients about is you don't know until you know, and then you know, right? You have no idea where you need to go until you know. And then once you know, you can't unsee it. You have to just Mm -hmm. keep going. 
or else you're going to lose that momentum and then you're going to fall right back to where you were. And sometimes, honestly, we kind of need to fall back to where we were in order to embrace, oh, wait, I was up there. I want to get back up there. This like example that I use with a client recently, um, she'll probably listen to this and be like, oh my gosh, that was me. Um, that I heard years ago, this is probably five years ago. I was at um, a conference and I was listening to Rachel Hollis. If anyone knows who that is, she's um, an author and a public speaker has written plenty of books by now. Um, one of her, uh, most common books is girl stop apologizing or girl wash your face. There's two of them anyway. So she is a a motivational speaker and she had, I'm going to totally botch like her words, but in my words, um, she had this whole example of how there's like, um, mountains and there's valleys. Right. And so you'll climb the first mountain and you get to the top of the mountain. You're like, Oh my God, this is so beautiful. I absolutely love this. But then you see a higher mountain down the, down the like line of ridges. And you're like, Oh my God, I want to see what the view looks like from that one. But to get to that one, you have to go down first and then you can go back up and then you get to the next one. And you're like, Oh my God, it's so freaking beautiful. And you embrace it for a moment. And then you go, Oh my God, I wonder what the peak of that one looks like. Right. And the mountains keep getting higher, which means you have to go a little bit lower to get even higher because you have to go down the other side of the mountain in order to go up the other side of the mountain. Right. And so honestly, and this is not meant to sound like, like, I don't know, like bleak or negative or anything. It's meant to actually sound very empowering is that things will you the, um, obstacles that you reach in life will kind of feel harder and harder as you go. Right. It's kind of like when you start as a child and the dumbest thing makes you upset. And then as you get older, you're like, that would never make me upset. Now things get harder, but it's because you get stronger and stronger. As you go, you gain more knowledge, you gain more wisdom. And so the things might feel hard, the things might get harder, but they don't necessarily feel that much harder because you continue to gain the strength and the power and the wisdom and the resilience and all the beautiful things that come along with all of that. And you keep getting to higher mountains at the top and you see more and more beautiful views and you see more of what you're capable of. Right. And so embracing those contrasts of going down into the Valley is so freaking important. Contrasts are the one constant in this entire lifetime. They are the one thing that I can guarantee you, you will always, always, always find the quote unquote good and the quote unquote bad, which, you know, I hate using the good and the bad, but it's true. Some things just feel fucking bad. Okay. We just have to acknowledge that. But if the bad didn't come along, if the things like a life altering flare up or the things like breakups or the things like losing a job didn't come around, we wouldn't know what good is. We wouldn't know how amazing it can feel to be at the top of that mountain. That's what I got. All right, show of hands, how many of you have had to get up in the middle of the night just to warm a heating pad because you're so uncomfortable? Okay, if you're putting your hand up in like a grocery store or in the car, you can put it down. But many of us in the autoimmune world are best friends with heating packs. We're here to tell you that it's time to ditch them because we have something even better for you. Our new favorite pain relieving product is not like any other heating products that either of us have ever tried. Thermotex offers a variety of infrared heating products. They're really high quality, effective, and convenient. It's super easy to do. All you have to do is flip on the switch, let it heat up, and instantly enjoy the healing benefits. 
We all know that feeling of waking up with new aches and pains that can show up in different parts of our bodies. So Thermotex offers many different types of heating products, including one specifically designed for your knee, your wrist, your elbow, your foot, your neck, and the all-purpose pad, which is more versatile. I love keeping it by my bed or desk when I have a long work day. My lower back is usually my main problem area. Because they incorporate infrared technology, the energy is absorbed six centimeters into your body. Traditional heating packs only penetrate about a quarter of a centimeter. The other cool part about this technology is that it isn't insanely hot to the touch, so you don't have to worry about burning yourself or having to reheat it frequently. I personally love using my Thermotex heating pad at the end of the day while I unwind from a full day of podcasting and coaching clients. You need to give this a try. There's literally no risk to you. They have a 30-day guarantee that it'll temporarily help your pain or your money back. And then they also have a one-year warranty on your product. Thermotex is currently offering our listeners a 10% discount on any personal product with our special code AutoimmuneNU, all one word. And as always, that link is in the show notes. We literally use our heating pads every single day, and we can't wait for you guys to start using this as part of your healing regimen. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And, you know, we both probably can reflect back on specific points of our own health healing journey that have given us that wisdom and knowledge and experience to be able to help our clients. And like, there is a value to me, there's a value in everything I struggle with. Because Mm -hmm. I always, I always know that there's something and I know it's, it's hard for people, you know, people like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to think of the silver lining, but guess what? When you really start embracing, yeah, there is a fucking silver lining, like everything. It it always happens. You know, there'll be times where you struggle and you're like, this is it. Like, oh God, my health's going to shit. Like here it is. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, no, like this cannot be it. And then, you know, and then, you know, time goes on and you start feeling better again. And you're like, oh, I got out of that. And guess what I learned from that situation that I can't overextend my boundaries or whatever mm-hmm. that is. And it becomes a part of your toolbox. And that is really all this is when you're on this um, health and healing journey is that you just continuously add things to your toolbox that mm-hmm. not only will help you, but they'll be able to help other people. Um and that's, to me, that's, that's the beauty in all of this is that none of this is for nothing. And I know it's hard mm, yeah. at this moment. And I know, you know, people have surgeries due to RA. I know a couple of people right now that um, have recently got joint replacement. Um, and I have a couple of clients that are anticipating that within the next, you know, year or so. And it's very, very unfortunate. And I'm not to say that that's, you know, to take some, you know, taken lightly, but there is always a a source of wisdom that will come from that Mm -hmm. and help you on a soul level, right? It may not be physically able to reverse, you know, joint damage or joint erosion, Mm -hmm. but there's a source of wisdom and empowerment that will come from it. And you have to be open and receptive and not resist that because with if you resist that you're not going to have clarity about your life so every time I go through something I know that it's giving me more clarity Mm -hmm. it all goes with that surrender versus acceptance right yeah 
when, when you were talking about like when something major happens, it's like, you're no, you don't have to accept that as your truth. You Mm -hmm. just have to surrender in that moment and allow things to just flow the way that they're going to and know that things will get better. And so another example that um, Abraham Hicks talks about picture you're on like a rushing river and you're in this boat, right? And you're trying to paddle upstream because that's where you came from. And you were like, it was so pretty up there. I loved watching the view. Again, I'm probably going to botch the way that they say this. So if you're curious, go find it. But I'll give you the overview, um, the Cliff Notes version. (laughs) So you're like standing at the top of this river and you're looking down. You're like, wow, it's so beautiful. You get in this boat. You're trying to paddle back upstream because it's starting to rush you straight down the river. And you're like, no, wait, wait, wait. The view is so great up there. I want to get back there. And you're working so freaking hard. And you're paddling and paddling and paddling. And you cannot get back to where you were. And you're like, oh my God, what is wrong with me? Why can't I just get back there? But then you realize, wait a second, the river is running this way. And so you turn your boat around and you go with the river and you're like, whoa, I don't even have to work. Like I'm just moving. And then you start seeing more and more beautiful views. And you're like, oh, oh, that's why I don't need to work super, super hard to quote unquote, get back to where I was. I just need to go with the flow and get to where I will be, right? Because that might be and will be even more beautiful because A, you don't have to work as hard. You get to allow it to flow. You get to let life just happen the way it's supposed to. And when we fight against that, yeah, yeah, when we fight against that and we choose not to surrender and we choose to fight instead, that is where the detriment is. That is where your mind is going to start to go haywire. That is where the stress and the chronic fatigue and all of these things are going to start to compound on each other. And it's going to make every single aspect of your life feel so much freaking harder because you're constantly fighting against it instead of letting things flow. Yep. It just reminds me of when I was younger, I used to go boogie boarding with my friends. And one time the boogie board came off my wrist and I was trying I was way out there and I was trying to swim like you know like swim back to the shore Mm. but I was way out there but the waves kept pulling me in and so I remembered someone said like you just like don't fight it Mm -hmm. just go with the water and it was the scariest feeling to stop resisting Mm. that and to try to swim to the shore but I let my body go and just like eventually the waves took me to the shore so that is a prime freaking Mm -hmm. example and this is why you know so many people struggle with their healing is because they are resisting it they want things to happen overnight they're saying oh I just took out dairy took out gluten oh my god it's been a week how come nothing's changed and I almost want to laugh at the people that say that and I you know (laughs) don't want to I don't want to be mean but I'm like oh that's so cute just know Like this shit takes a time, right? Like oh yeah, every, a lot of time. Takes time, and like the the thing that has helped Rachel and I the most, you know, even though I haven't been, you know, a part of her whole to health journey, like it's so interesting. Like the point of time that we've, you know, met and started mm-hmm. all this is when we were in a better place, right? Like we weren't, we didn't know each other through the struggles and the difficulties and the, you know all the pain and true suffering that, you know, came from our diagnosis. So we only know, you know, where we're at today. But the thing is, you know, we both talk a lot about the surrender and it is probably, you know, the key to this whole process is that you can't fight it, right? You can, you can develop awareness to change things, but it's different from fighting it. I don't like this fighting for, yeah, right? Because that's different to me. It's, 
it's it's not coming from a place that is going to be healing from you. It's going to cause more stress. Mm-hmm. It's going to make it overwhelming. You're going to feel, you know, hopeless with the whole thing. So all of everything that we have gone through has, you know, shaped us into who we are, but we haven't forced it. And we continue to not force things, even with our podcast, even with our business. Mm-hmm. Like you just have to surrender and know that, things do work out and may, we said this before, it may not be how you totally expected. It might even be more like, think about it. When I got diagnosed, the first thing I did was, you know, write down my intention for this health journey. And one of those things that I wrote on this list was to be able to help other people. I didn't write health coach. That I was wrote the that, same that, exact that, thing, helping I ha- people. Yeah. I, I still, I still have the notebook. I, I posted it on my Instagram a long time ago, but what I wrote in there was, you know, I wanted to be able to help people. And I didn't know exactly what that would look like. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I didn't know health coaching wasn't even a thing in my brain. Like I, yeah, I wasn't even a part of my realm, same. but I was just like, if I commit to myself, I commit to the healing. If I commit to this process, if I just try to be open and receptive and learn as much as I can about myself, maybe one day that'll put me in a position where I can be able to help Mm -hmm. people. And so today it is very surreal when I'm sitting here as a coach with my client, that Mm -hmm. this is my job Mm -hmm. and and it doesn't even feel like a job. It just feels like I'm getting to share my wisdom with people that I totally enjoy working with. So it doesn't even feel that way. And so that in itself is like whole surreal thing. But I'm just saying like, sometimes we think, oh, it may not work out exactly how I expected. And we think about it in a bad way, but sometimes it's actually more than what you could have imagined for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to go back to when you were talking about like when something bad happens and people immediately want to be like, well, how dare you? Like, how dare you say that there's a silver lining here? I want to give a prime example of not just me and Erica, but of a client of mine that came on um, a one-on-one call with me. I think this is like a week or two ago. And um, she was talking about how her uncle passed away. And of course that's, you know, it's really sad, you know, a death in the family, it, no matter if you were super close with them or not is really sad. Right. Mm-hmm. And she immediately, immediately, I'm not kidding. You followed it up with, but you know what? I'm actually really grateful that this has brought my cousins and I closer again because I've really missed them. And she's in that mindset after so much growth on her end, both without and with me, right? She's been with me for about a year now in my collective. And she's like, you know, I would have never had that mentality before. I would have, you know, kicked and screamed and I would have been so mad and sad and all the things. And she's like, I, I didn't even... I didn't have to find the silver lining. It just was there. It was right in front of me. And I said, yeah, this is really sad, but we kind of expected it. And also I'm so freaking grateful because another kind of silver lining moment that she didn't even frame as a silver lining. She just kind of came out with it is that her dad passed away a few years ago and she's kind of the one that's had to take over basically like telling everyone, Oh, Hey, you know, uncle so-and-so died, you know, she's been the one that's had to take that over and she didn't want to take that over. And she said, you know what, actually I'm grateful that I'm the one that has to tell everyone about this because I get to talk to them. I get to call my family and talk to them and see how they're doing and genuinely have these conversations with them that 
I wouldn't have done that on my own. I wouldn't have even thought to do that on my own, but because of this catalyst of this sad thing that happened, I get to, again, that is, that is growth in such a different way that yes, you can listening to this can absolutely get to. And then I, like a funny, when we were, when you were just talking, a funny example just came to my mind. You know, I love my examples um, of thinking about like fighting the process versus surrendering to the process and just embracing what's happening. This is, I don't know, maybe, maybe this will make someone laugh. Maybe someone will roll their eyes, but hopefully this resonates. Think of like a soldier at war versus hippies, right? Who seems happier? Oh, yeah. Who seems like more willing and able and like enjoying the process? Yep. Maybe some soldiers out there, but if you just think of like the typical soldier that comes to mind, it's probably not that, right? They're just yeah. like scared probably. They're, you know, all like macho and like trying to act like they're all big and tough and, and like their nervous system is a wreck. <laughs> yeah. And like they're going in and they're heightened, like super heightened state and like they're walking into the unknown and like being all wound up. Whereas the hippies are just like, you know what? We're just going to let it flow. We're going to embrace what life is right now. And we're just going to try to live in the moment and be happy and love each other. And like, you know, bad shit still happens. Right. But we're just going to keep rolling through it. I don't know. That was just an example that came to mind that I really felt called to share. So yeah. there you go. <laughs> we're, we're the hippie. Uh, we're the hippies of the autoimmune world for sure. <laughs> Honestly, though, actually, like, okay. Think about it. No, like I, the stuff that we talk about is not just like we've said this over and over, but we're not just talking about like, do this for your gut health. Like, yes, I care about those things. And that's yeah. part of like my holistic, you know, wellness routine and how I help my clients. But like fundamentally, the things that are really getting people to make breakthroughs with their health are such on this like deeper level that can yes. only come from our own wisdom, from our own love, from our own whatever that is, you know, it's mm -hmm. coming, from, it's coming deeper within. And I think that's why we're able to make ripples in this autoimmune community. Mm -hmm. And we have the tribe of people that follow our podcast because of the way that we talk about this stuff. And it's not coming, I'm not talking from like ego perspective. I'm just simply going off of your, you know, example of like the way we approach autoimmune healing is not like, more restrictive. You need to do more. You're not doing enough. Yeah. It's like, it's like giving battered women syndrome or battered yeah. autoimmune syndrome. You know yeah. what I mean? Like a lot of people have that and we're here to embrace you with love and help you develop your own self-compassion, your own understanding. And that's going to get you a lot farther in life than draining and exhausting yourself, beating yourself up all the time. Facts. Um, I, I don't know. I think I very recently, like literally basically this past week or so had this realization that like, I'm very hippie. And like, I think that if people know me in real life, they're like, oh yeah, for sure. But I don't ever use that term, especially about myself. Oh, I just no. don't. Right. But I had this realization because someone applied to, um, my wellness method membership, my like monthly autoimmune membership. And, um, they found me on TikTok, and I literally had a conversation with Max. I was like, I feel like I don't do a good enough job of portraying like my, like, I guess, I don't know. I had this moment where I was like, do I portray like my deeper practices and like my beliefs and stuff like that well enough? I was questioning because someone applied to my autoimmune membership and like commented on my TikTok video and was like, Hey, I applied. Like, I'm so excited. I'm like, great. And when I responded to her application, like it seemed like she was really aligned by her answers and stuff. And then she texted me, um, 
and said, Hey, before I, before I, um, complete my app or my, um, enrollment, I just had a quick question. You know, you mentioned in your email things like, uh, chakra healing and Reiki and meditation and stuff. And, you know, based on my own personal beliefs, I don't do those things. You know, I don't judge anyone that does, but is that like a prominent part of your community? And I had to like sit with it for a second. Cause I was like, well, yes. Like, it's not that I'm just like, always like, oh, you have to do this and you have to do that. But you know, the, the speakers that I have on my group calls and the things that I personally do, I'm always talking about. And, you know, a lot of the people that are in my community, actually all the people that are in my community are very aligned with those things and don't necessarily do all of them, but they would be open to trying, you know, if they have the opportunity sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And I had to be honest with her and say like, basically that like, yes, a a lot of the speakers that I have on are holistic practitioners like that. And the fact that I talk about my own practices a lot and that it is honestly a pretty spiritual group overall. And that we don't just talk about a diagnosis really ever. We just talk about all of the things kind of like this podcast that it's not like, Oh, this and that, and this diagnosis Mm -hmm. and that diet. And it's like, no, it's all the higher level stuff. And I just had the, like, it kind of all clicked for me that I knew that we were very niche in what you and I do, but I also had this realization of like, it's obviously not for everyone. And sometimes we have to be honest with ourselves about that and be like, we are making waves in such a different way and it's not going to be for everyone. And while this person seemed very aligned and seems like a great person, obviously if she still wants to join, like the door is open, but it just felt like, okay, well, this is not for her at this point in her journey. And I said, Hey, doors always open. If you're ever interested, like, please. But once I sent her a text, like, obviously, of course, from a very loving place and just genuinely explained, like, this is not pushed on anyone, anything like that. But yes, this is a kind of prominent part. She didn't respond. And obviously that hurts a little bit, but at the same time, again, I was like, okay, it's not for everyone and that's okay. Yeah. Well, why do you think, I mean, like we've mentioned before, like the way that we talk about things on even social media is not kind of the, the normalized way of speaking about Mm -hmm. autoimmune diseases. Like, but that's why the people that follow us really appreciate that because Mm -hmm. they are on that level of thinking or Mm -hmm. they're from even a spiritual level. Like I never like, and not that I intentionally don't use the word like spiritual and stuff like mm-hmm. that, because I already know that. So I don't need to exactly. that to anyone. Mm-hmm. So when you said like, I don't know if I'm doing a good job presenting that to like social media, that doesn't even cross my mind because I'm like, I, when you know what you are, exactly that, that, that energy speaks louder than words. I hate like these and the and the good reason because these words have gotten so like blown out on mm-hmm. social media that like I don't ever want to do that because hopefully people hear my words they hear my energy exactly they, they, they hear my wisdom and that speaks to them and that's what I feel like this podcast is it's like it's called autoimmune and you but like if you look at the context mm-hmm. of what we talk about you look at the content of what we share it's going to speak to those people that are looking for that deeper level of healing, but we don't have to like blast that blast and it. say that. Uh-huh. So we went on a totally different tangent here, but that's what <laughs> happens on this podcast is that- you Welcome know, we to have, it. <laughs> we, we, we have natural conversations. Yeah. We do not, like I jot like little notes yeah. here down just so I can keep track of what Rachel's saying so that way I can remember to like 
you know, say something back to it. But we're th- none of this is like rehearsed. It's not curated for you. Like no. we're having live. These are conversations, conversations that we have off of recording all the time. <laughs> exactly. So just know, like, you know, the things that we're sharing on here is really from our heart and from our own experience. And that that's all we can give to you from mm. our current level of self. Exactly. Share, right. Go back to the first, you know, 10, 15 episodes. Oh, I was, I, I was probably a totally different person. Right. Yeah. And like our friendship is different. So the point here is like, you know, life is going to continue to take you down different paths. You're going to evolve. Hopefully you're going to expand and, Whatever is happening right now in your life with your autoimmune disease will probably not be the case for the rest of your life if you commit to your health and to your healing, but you have to believe. So the thing that I kind of want to end on, if I don't know, Rachel has anything more to say, is that you (laughs) really believe, I know you're going to say, oh, wait, I have one more thing, Um, (laughs) to believe that you are worthy and capable of healing. Those are the two things you have to believe you are worthy of it. And you have to believe that it's actually possible for you, because if you can't see that vision of yourself in the future, it it's going to be less likely that you're going to get there. You need that version in your head and doesn't mean again, it's not going to be exactly that, but if you hold that strong within you, I can guarantee that you're going to work towards that inch by inch day by day moment by moment. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love that. Um, you guys, we have like a total inside joke whenever we're editing. It's always like Erica's like, okay, we should wrap it up soon. And then I'm yeah. like, but wait, I have more <laughs> because There's I can just a- talk forever about everything that we ever talk about. <laughs> yes. I mean, yes, we both could, but you know, it, and then it becomes a editing nightmare. We're like, is this a two-part episode? Is this like da da da? So yeah. yeah, it's, it's hard for us, but because we're passionate. We care about what, what we're talking about. Um, but yeah, let us know, you know, if you really love these like deeper insights into life with the autoimmune disease mm-hmm. and not just like the, you know, the basic stuff of like, yeah, we love sharing like what I eat in a day and stuff like that. That's yeah. fun to do. Um, but mostly because of who we are, this is naturally the way that our yeah. podcast is going to be. And actually, you don't even even let us know because if you're listening to this, that means you do <laughs> let us know. But please do. We like but, to interact we, with you guys. But we don't know who you are. That's exactly. Yeah. We get, you know, consistent, you know, 500 plus downloads uh, of each episode. And yeah. so there, that, there's almost a thousand of you that are listening to almost every episode. So mm-hmm. you guys get it. You yeah. guys, you are on the same page of what we're talking about, or at least trying to like expand your mind to these things. And that makes us really happy. Yeah, exactly. Um, you were saying like, you don't ever have the thought of like, you know, should I be posting more about certain things? And I never had that thought either until this. And I was like, wait a second. And, you know, Max was able to be like, no, I think you do a pretty good job of like portraying who you are. And I like that you raised the point. Like, I don't have to say I'm spiritual because no. it, it just resonates. Right. And that's yeah. like, I, I think that I honestly kind of needed that validation of like my energy speaks. And I know it does. Cause I get, you know, comments and messages and people in my real life being like, I love what you post and it's so you. Right. And that is really good validation for me. So I think that I kind of like needed to hear it again. Um, mm-hmm. 
But I want to like remind everyone listening, um, just kind of the cherry on top that Erica mentioned the step one, right. Of just like knowing where you are and knowing that like, you're ready to make a change and that you want to step two is we also mentioned a couple of minutes ago, how we are at that, you know, higher spiritual level. And a lot of the people that work with us and listen to our podcasts and stuff are at that, you know, higher level of like being ready for that. But I want to also remind you, maybe you listen to this episode and it sounds a little bit out there to you, right? Maybe it sounds a little bit like, yeah, I could see where they're going and I have an open mind about it, but I'm not quite there. You are still like, we still really, really encourage you to reach out if it feels resonant and you want to learn more and you want to expand. And it's just, you don't know Mm -hmm. what it is. You don't know where it's going to go, but it feels really good to talk about these things and to hear Mm -hmm. about these things please reach out to Erica, reach out to me for health coaching, because that's exactly what we're here for. That's what I, we love doing. And I yeah, mean, like, exactly. It's, it's, Watching it's that expand within you is literally like the biggest freaking joy to us. I like did this funny TikTok um, the other day where it was like a silly one where I'm just like closing the laptop and like, you know, walking away with a funny walk being like, w- like what it looks like when a client has a huge win on a call. I don't remember exactly how I worded yeah. it, but something like that. And it's like, literally we do a little happy dance for you every single time we get off of call. And I do happy dances on calls with clients half the time where I'm like, ah, you get it. Like you're here. Like, and this is the thing that can be you, right? You don't have to be like, Oh, that sounds a little out there because when I very first started my journey, I was listening to podcasts like nobody's fucking business because I was out of work for months. I didn't know what else to do. I needed something to like, keep my mind, like from just being depressed all the time. I was listening to some podcasts that honestly did seem pretty out there for me, like on a spiritual level. But now that's where I'm at, right? I just, the only thing I didn't, I didn't try to be anything. I didn't dive full force into anything. I just kept an open mind and kept listening. That's it. And then I started doing my own work and I wish I had someone like me or someone like Erica on my journey. I fucking wish I had that so bad. Like Mm. it would have made things go so much faster and I would have learned and grown so much faster, but that's okay. We are where we are now and we are amazing coaches because of what we've been through, but let us help you to not have to do the long way. Exactly. I mean, uh, you know, we're we're here to talk about stuff, but we're primarily here to help you. So mm-hmm. just remember that. And if there is concepts that you hear or something that resonates from, you know, either one of us, like y- you can expand into that. You don't have mm-hmm. to just let it be like, hmm, that resonates with me. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, yeah. let's let's what do we do with it? That's how mm-hmm. healing happens. It you can acknowledge things, you can have awareness but what are you going to do that? That's the next step. So we're here to help you outside of this podcast of what's the next step. How do you Mm -hmm. individualize it to yourself? Mm -hmm. So anyways, uh, we are done with this conversation. I'm wrapping it up officially. (laughs) Sorry. I don't have anything else to add. (laughs) Okay. Even if she did, um, (laughs) we'll talk to you guys on the next episode. (laughs) Goodbye. Don't forget that you're worthy of healing. Just kidding. (laughs) Bye. Hey, welcome back to Autoimmune and You. Um, I... <laughs> I, I, I knew it. I knew that was going to happen. I, I was just like, wait, I was what? just going to go into the story and I was like, no, what the fuck?
That's so funny. I, I knew by you always know. I, I I know by like the way you like draw out the words <laughs> that it, it's gonna it's gonna come to a halt. <laughs>